0: morning, basketball fans. Welcome to another edition of the Upstate Hoops podcast. I'm Jim Sinecropi inside the FingerLakes1.com studios on the third floor of the North Park building in Seneca Falls, New York, on Sunday, December eighth, two 2019. And we got a good show this week. We're going to give our first impressions as all these local Wayne Finger Lakes teams have hit the court and we've had some action, Kindly, finally can kind of evaluate what we're seeing and, you know, give our first impressions of which teams we think might be sectional contenders or league title contenders. Uh, Updated power rankings, of course, for the boys and girls, a lot of change on both sides. And um, we're going to take a look at sectional classifications. Uh, They've been posted and we'll see. uh, There haven't been too many changes, but a few changes of notes. So uh, good show. Glad you could Wake up with me early on a Sunday morning and uh, we'll talk high school basketball for the next 60 minutes. The Upstate Hoops podcast and all our coverage of Wayne Finger Lakes High School Basketball is brought to you thanks to the support of Generations Bank, celebrating 150 years of serving and supporting our hometowns. Visit MyGenBank.com for the best choices in checking, savings, home equities, mortgages, and much more. Generations has been the Finger Lakes Bank Since 1870, Generations Bank, member FDIC. And by Little John Orthodontics, Dr. Rod Little John and Dr. Liz Barbie are proud to support our area high school athletes. Check out Dr. Rod and Dr. Liz online at littlejohnortho.com. And Bill Cram Chevrolet, all roads lead to Bill Cram Chevrolet on 5 and 20 between Seneca Falls and Waterloo. Browse their full inventory of new and used vehicles at billcramchevrolet.com and by DeSanto Propane. Since 1939, the difference has been DeSanto Propane. So we're off and running. Uh, Last time I was here in studio with you guys was two weeks ago. Since then, we live-streamed a pair of girls' games from South Seneca, and then this week... On Thursday night, we saw a heck of a game between Waterloo and Newark in Newark. And we also uh, streamed Canandaigua-Victor. And uh, since then, last night, they played the final round of that tournament. We weren't there for that, but Victor beat Newark and Canandaigua beat Waterloo. But let's take a look at all the action so far, some games to note. You know, going way back to November 26th, when the Romulus Warriors really took it to Marion in Romulus, they beat them 77 to 30. That was, you know, I remember Romulus being a one of the only Class D schools. You know, in the Wayne Finger Lakes, you know, keep an eye on them as maybe uh, able to put together a run this year. Um, you know, Marion. Not too strong out of Wayne County, but a 47-point win for the Warriors to open up their season. And then, you know, you never know what you're going to get from East Rochester. On that same night, they beat HAC out of the FL West, but 47-46. to So normally you'd think that might be a a bigger margin, but uh, they got their first win. And then, you know, here's where things get a little interesting is where now okay Romulus beat Marion by 47 out of Wayne County and then they hosted Clyde Savannah out of Wayne County a school that was a little down last year compared to their normal standards in Clyde Uh, but Clyde took care of them 67 45 and so Clyde season's off and running uh, Marcus Whitman's a team we're looking at a lot this year, playing independent, not in the Finger Lakes West this year. But uh, they opened up their season against a good Cal MUM team in Rushville and win 73-64. to 64. East Rochester also back in action against C.G. Finney. might remember C.G. Finney. Uh, last time we saw him on Finger Lakes, one was in Newark, when they played Lions in the C-playing round, state-playing round, and just a fantastic basketball game. Uh, they lost a lot, but they still have that 8th grader, Marcus Robinson, who's now a ninth grader uh, on the team. But East Rochester was able to handle them 77-65, to 65, uh, thanks in part by Chuck Dom's 34 points and John Birkin's 18 points on 6 three-pointers. So we're going to get a look at East Rochester Wednesday night at the Atwood. Uh, we're going to stream that East Rochester Lions game live on FL1 Sports on Wednesday night. I'll be there with Kevin Sharp. Uh, Rush Henrietta. Our, our, you know We're going to try to take a little closer attention to maybe Victor and Canada this year. But specifically Victor. They opened up their season with a 63-50 win against Rush Henrietta. And, you know, Victor, this is a double-A school. Obviously an incredible Uh, lacrosse boys lacrosse program and and solid across most of their sports but traditionally basketball wise even going back to the days when they were in the finger lakes east um, that program not on par with some of the other you know state level programs at victor that has just an outstanding athletic uh, department and uh, but they do beat rush henrietta to start their season off with a win and then we'll move ahead to December 3rd, well, there's a pretty full slate of games on December 3rd, and Red Jacket hosted HAC and won 74 behind Matt Records' 27. And Red Jacket's a team, Uh might remember, they fell in the Blue Cross Arena in the C2 or C3, was it, uh, championship game to Lions, but... Really looked impressive. I can't wait to see this team, you know, in person this year. Uh, the favorites, obviously, to win the Finger Lakes West, especially with Whitman out of there playing an independent schedule. But I have to wonder, you know, if, if Whitman was still in the West this year, I can't fully say that they would have won their fifth straight league title with this Red Jacket team that looks just great here to start the season. Uh Naples came to Ovid to visit South Seneca, and South Seneca came out with a 62-56 win, looking for maybe some contenders in the West that might step up and uh, challenge HAC, or challenge Red Jacket this year in the West. And then we had, uh, speaking of West, Honeyoy uh, beat Bloomfield 50-45, to and that's always a fun matchup when those two schools get together. A little rivalry action going on there, and then you had Lions. Uh, they opened up their season pre the real early on November 22nd, beating HAC pretty badly. And uh, Sodus was another team in the Wayne County leagues that I thought perhaps uh, might be able to give Lions trouble. Uh, you know we're, we're heavily favoring Lions in Wayne County. This year and um, you know, really disappointing result for SOTUS. Uh, Lions win 70 to 46. Justin Tootie Smith led the way with 15 points there. Amir James had eleven. And then uh, Minders and Whitman squared off. Now you remember we really hyped that game last year uh, when Whitman came to Seneca Falls and Minders really took care of them pretty easy. They're gonna play twice this year, the first of which happened on December 3rd last week, and uh, Whitman came out with a 45 to 34 win. Connor Tomian, I believe Connor's his sophomore now, 15 points. Liam Pendergrass, senior, big man, 12 points. And I'm not shocked that Minders lost that game, but I'm kind of shocked that they scored 34 points. That's not a lot of scoring. You know, they did hold Whitman to under 50 with 45, but Whitman comes out with an 11 point win. And. You know, so far that independent schedule for Whitman uh, looks to be going okay for him. And we got our first look at Wayne, a n- whole new look Wayne Eagle team uh, with their top six or seven guys graduated in that cl- group that won two sectional titles in three years. And they were impressive, uh, defeating Greece Arcadia 53-34 to 34. A couple of great guards are going to make this team go this year. Tyler Reynolds uh, had 20 points, and then Blankenberg had 16. Not Logan Blankenberg, but his younger brother Mason Blankenberg. So Bill Thompson's uh, Wayne Eagles might be better than we thought with all those losses. I mean, they did have a great JV team last year, and and Reynolds and, and Blankenberg are two of the kids that came up from that team. Moving ahead to... The fifth of December, this would be the Thursday night uh, when we were in Newark and uh, the Mid Lakes Eagles hit the court. They beat Bloomfield fifty-seven to fifty-one. And the Penyan Mustangs and new head coach Dan Doyle taking over the varsity after uh a man in uh, the JV team last year, they come out with a nice win against Rochester Prep in Penyan forty-four to twenty-five. Brennan Prather had 13, and uh, Dominic Lafferty had 10. Then you had Lions playing Williamson, a much-improved Williamson team, as you'll see as we go on here, uh, but still Lions able to come out with an easy 74-53 win on the road. And then this one shocked me a little bit. I mentioned SOTUS was going to potentially be one of those teams that might be able to contend with Lions, but how about North Rose Wolkett? You know, behind Quentin Norris, defeating Sotis in North Rose, 47-43. And uh, then we had a big rivalry game, early season rivalry game in Wayne County with East Rochester and Gananda, at East Rochester and Gananda all over them, 64-48. to 48. So, you know, I don't, I, we're going to get a look at East Rochester Wednesday, and we're going to see at that point. You know, you know what they have, but just by these results, so a little disappointing early season start. We know we know what Cananda's bringing to the table. I'm not surprised that they would win, but the margin of that win along with the other losses that East Rochester suffered so far early in the season looks like it might be a, a, a long season for the Bombers. And then uh, we had uh, Whitman facing world of inquiry they're going to play a lot of strange teams uh, this year they're going to play lions twice i know that i know they're going to play minders again so they've been scheduling a lot of uh well they have to fill their schedule without the league schedule but they beat world of inquiry easily 69 to 50 so whitman off to a great start and then clyde savannah hosts south seneca comes out with a 64 40 win they're 3-0 3-0 to start their season, and uh, Cam Chance with 22, uh, McKinney with 15, and uh, D'Amato hits three three-pointers, so I can't wait to see Clyde. I mean, we're definitely going to get Clyde Lyons one of those two games live on Finger Lakes 1 this year, and well, last year we chose not to do either one because it was... Uh, Let's just say the spread was off the books on those games. We kind of knew that it was going to be one-sided this year. Maybe not. We might have something. It would be an upset still, I think, if Clyde was to beat Lions in either of those games. But you know, I think they certainly have a have a shot at it. And uh, then the games that were in the games that were in uh, Newark on Thursday night. Uh, pretty neat tournament. Uh, finger lakes tip-off classic uh, raising money for charity but it brings in two former finger lakes east teams uh, to play two current finger lakes with with two other finger lakes east teams currently you know newark waterloo candidate with victor and that first game candidate with victor uh, was all victor of course they have a seven foot one connor williams Um, Didn't have the greatest game, but also probably didn't log the minutes that he would in a more competitive game as Victor just ran away. But Matt Caggiano, the point guard, uh, super impressive. C.J. James transferred from Greece Olympia, uh, had a nice dunk, and it's going to be fun to see if Victor, how they'll stack up in the uh, Monroe League against the other double-A competition, but a uh, sectional contender this year, I would say for sure. And I think overall the double-A the uh, classification might be a little bit down to, from what it normally is in uh, Section 5 this year. So that'll be interesting to see. But the marquee game of the night for us was Waterloo-Newark, one and two in our power rankings, our preseason power rankings. Waterloo one, Newark two. And um, by the end of that game when Newark had control, the student section was chanting, we're number one, Letting us know that uh, we might have got that one wrong, and but it was a great ball game. And and, you know, when I look at, we'll start with Newark. When I look at Newark, and every team, every year, teams lose players to graduation. Most every team, and it seems like oh, they're going to be a little bit down. But you don't know until you see the new kids that are taking their place, and. The most impressive things with Newark, uh, I was impressed with uh, Dustin Case, who handled a little bit of the guard duty, point guard duty, a little bit uh, at number two while Josh Green ran the point. Um, He was solid, knocked down a couple threes. And Devin Augusto, really solid on the boards, in the paint, didn't look for a shot a lot, but uh, I think he's probably the kid that, you could look to as the leader of that team. He's going to have some big games. He had a really nice move, uh, the left foul line elbow where he caught it, turned around, and he knocked down a little 10-foot jumper. Uh, he's going to be great this year. Josh Green, kind of uh, not the best year last year, came to play this year, man. he First of all, he's handling the point guard duty at 6'4", but all over the glass. Um, really under control out there. Solid game for for Josh Green. I think he finished with 16 points. Isaiah Camp is a kid that uh, is, is going to be tough inside for Newark. Uh, really strong on the glass, and, and Newark just dominated Waterloo on the glass. I mean, absolutely dominated. Uh, second and third, and sometimes fourth chances on offense, where they're just uh, you know leaping over the the Waterloo. Players and and eventually putting it in the basket. A lot of that I think was Waterloo kind of was standing there watching. Um, and a lot of it is just um physical dominance, bigger, um, and stronger. But our player of the game that day was a kid named Ray Sean Howard, had 18 points as a freshman in his varsity debut. Now a lot of uh, folks that uh, follow youth and travel basketball knew who this kid was um i even had a funny picture sent to me one of my friends uh it was a seventh grade travel game and it showed ray sean with his son who was a good player um but ray, you know he came up to waist. Uh, ray waist. waste here's a kid that dunked in a seventh grade uh travel game before and he threw one down on a breakaway thursday night in newark but Man, he uh, handles the ball with both hands, uh, jump out of the gym, super long. I mean, you know, you talk about these guys, how tall they are, but then how long are they? How long are their arms? Um, Because you can add a few inches to your overall uh, height, I suppose, when your arms are that long. And uh, this kid is just a freshman, is gonna be spectacular throughout his high school career. And talking to him in the postgame show, such a good natured kid, uh, seems to be having fun, uh, a lot of respect for his teammates, and um, gonna really look forward to watching uh, Ray Howard over the next four years. And this year, you know, he is a key component as a freshman for the Henry Caparis's Newark Reds for sure. And then on the other side, Waterloo, you know, it's easy to come in here and say, oh man, we got Waterloo wrong, we had him number one in our, our preseason power rankings, but. They were right there. Newark dominated the game, you know, from the eye test. But Newark made 12 or 13 three pointers and were right there, one possession game at the end. Uh, came on late. They were down nine points with 58 seconds left. Cut it to three. Uh, Carter Steve comes off the bench to make a big free throw to kind of seal it. Uh, but, you know, got to hand it to Waterloo. They certainly didn't quit. Um, and uh, they got a. Deep bench, a lot of guys that can hit threes, uh, a lot of solid players. But they were exposed, you know, by Newark's height and athleticism inside. Uh, they, they need to do something to get rebounds. They're going to play Newark again later this year, and uh, they, they they were not going to be able to beat them unless they can get rebounds. doesn't matter how many threes you made. I mean, next guy if they didn't make – 13 threes, 12 or 13, whatever it was, um, they probably would have lost by 15 points. But um, that's, you know, what Tim Darnell taking over the helm in Waterloo uh, tightened up the ship a little bit, I think. Um, But they're going to have to do more than hit the threes if they're going to compete for that Finger Lakes East title. Or more importantly, you know, a sectional title in B1, something that they haven't Won in Waterloo since 1972. So I thought, obviously, as a number one ranked team in our power rankings, that this Waterloo squad would be a sectional contender. And I still think they are, but they have a lot of uh, improvement to do if they're going to be that caliber of a, of a team. And, you know, Kevin Korzineski, my broadcast partner, Thursday night said that he thought Julian Ruiz was a um, candidate for Finger Lakes East Player of the Year. Uh, maybe a front runner, and, you know, I'd agree, uh, Ru- Ruiz is uh, is tough, you know, made some questionable decisions, I suppose, at some key times in that game, but first game of the year, but what I can't, I got to say, kudos to, every, to both student sections and both fan bases who came out and filled that gym for an early December game that had the feel of, of a big-time February game. I mean, the gym was packed almost to capacity, and it was just great. And it's so much fun, so much more fun to go to a high school gym with that type of atmosphere, not only just to call the game for Finger Lakes 1, but to just watch the game as a fan. I mean, there's nothing better. And so both schools delivered on that front, and it was a really great uh, night uh, in, in Newark Thursday night. Now, we'll get to the Saturday results. Last night, what happened in the second round of that game, but let me just keep on uh, moving on down the uh, line here with some more scores. Uh, We had uh, on December 6th, Honeyoy beat Lima Christian 67-41. And then we got our first look at the Geneva Panthers with new head coach Matt Desering. And when we we opened up our Upstate Hoops podcast season two weeks ago, I got a lot of feedback from Geneva folks who who were not happy that maybe they weren't ranked higher in the power rankings or they didn't talk about some of the juniors coming up from JVs, a really good JV team last year. But I got to tell you, I don't have a lot to work from early in the year. So, you know, we're going to miss some things. And uh, we can only talk about the information we have. And the more we see teams, the more we can better, um, you know, evaluate and discuss them. But – win for Geneva over Greece. Olympia, great way to start their season. And one of those juniors, Devin Martin, 21 points, 13 rebounds. So we have all those returning guards, whether it be Jagger Kerr, Liam Ryan, Parker Bossard, and then we are throwing into the mix uh, these kids that came up from the JV team. Mentioned Devin Martin, um, but they also, Nasir, Harrison, uh, a six-foot guard forward. I mean, he's only six foot, but he's going to play more of a power forward type role. Uh, Tailback for the football team. And uh, those two additions really round out a really solid Geneva club, who Coach Desering said he's changing a little bit of the style that that Brian Miller played over the past several seasons, a style that did win him a sectional, title in class a2 in 2014 i'm thinking it was um but he's hoping to get it up and down a little bit more uh hoping told his team he wants 70 shots a game so they'll be fun to watch at their new gym in geneva in the panther den and we're going to try to get out there and take a look at them for sure this year um East Rochester, back on the court against Bloomfield. Now, who do you think won that game? You know, traditionally, over the past few years, you'd think that would be a sleeper maybe for East Rochester. But Bloomfield, behind 16 points from Adam Sheehan with a 51-41 win over East Rochester. And I'm starting to be a little concerned about our trip to the Atwood on Wednesday, but we'll see. Uh, You'll know, see what East Rochester team shows up there, and it'll be our first look at the Lions, Lions, of course, on Finger Lakes 1 this year. Uh, Penyan uh, with a three point loss to Vertus last night, 59 56. Now, this is a Penyan team that we haven't talked much about because it's a whole new look team. Um, new head coach Dan Doyle likes the group. Uh, they they come to play they they' they're gonna get better as the season goes on we're going to try to get a look at Penyan on Finger Lakes one this year um not, not, nothing wrong with going on the road and losing by three points to Virtus, who's an a2 school when you're Penyan a b2 a B2 school um so looking forward to see what the Mustangs have on the boys' side this year for sure and then uh, South Seneca and sotus in action at S- SOTUS, and now this result makes a little more sense to me uh, from SOTUS. 52 39, they win. And then uh, Palmack traveled to Williamson, a little Northwest Wayne County rivalry game there. But Williamson, a program that's been really down um, over the past uh, five, 10 years, uh, Palmack was in the Blue Cross Arena as recently as four years ago. Uh, Palmack holds off a 50 for a. Uh, 55 to 52 win at Williamson, so that I don't know what to make about that. Like I say, I know Williamson is much improved, but usually a Finger Lakes East team going to a place like Williamson uh, would be an easy win, but this wasn't an easy win. And in fact, Williamson had the ball with a chance to tie at the end, but uh, nonetheless, Pal Mack gets the win, and then we go to that the second day of the Finger Lakes Tip-Off Classic in Newark and uh, right off the bat shocking result comes through uh, Canadagua, who did not look very good against Victor at all um, defeats Waterloo 61 to 48 so Waterloo goes 0-2 off the bat in Newark to open up their season after being number one preseason in our power rankings and you know it could give them a pass maybe for that Newark loss but I was shocked that they lost to Canadagua. Not taking anything away from Canandaigua. I know that when we saw them play against Victor, um, maybe there is a, a huge uh, difference in overall talent there. But, uh, you know, Ryan Welch was a, is a solid player. Canandaigua brings some solid players to the table. They're going to probably struggle in their league. Um, but here they come and and get a win from a former Finger Lakes East Rival in Waterloo, and Waterloo starts 0-2 uh, in Victor, and then are in Newark, then Victor Newark in the championship game, and Victor comes out with a 62-47 win. Not shocked there either. Again, a Double A improved team in Victor. I would have flipped a coin on that one before. I thought Vic Newark might have kept it a little closer, especially at home, uh, but Newark falls. To Victor, 62-47, and now Newark is one and one. So that's a look at the boys. Let's kick it over to the girls real quick, going way back to November 27th, with East Rochester really uh showing something here on the girls' side, winning 48 to 27. Zoe Zoots, 22 points, 17 rebounds, six assists. I think that this East Rochester girls team is going to be one to watch this year. Uh, and, of course, we were down in South Seneca where we saw pal win that tournament. We saw South Seneca go 0-1-2 with losses to Minders and Weedsport. And then in the finals, pal beat Minders. And I, I really do have to hand it to the Minders uh, team there. I thought they'd be heavily outmatched in that, team, in that game, and they did ultimately lose the game. But um, they hung in tight, and after being down, um, 20 to 2, I think it was, to start the game. They did come back to eventually uh, tie the game. I can't remember if they took the lead, but then Pellmack was able to pull away. Um, a couple of girls' teams that are on the rise Romulus and Lions squared off at the Atwood Gym and, and Lions with the 66 to 54 win. Uh, Kara Reese had 21 for Romulus and Kaden Crago 22.7 assists, 9 steals for Lions. And then Waterloo opened up their season. A really good Waterloo girls team. Really good Waterloo girls team. Um, they defeated Eugenia Maria, 89-8. to I don't know how that type of game is going to help you. I don't even know who Eugenia Maria is, but they scored eight points at Waterloo and lost by 81. Moving forward, still in November, on the 30th, uh, the Red Creek girls We're in action with a win over uh, what I think is going to be a pretty good Dundee team, 59 to 48. They went all the way to Dundee for that one. Uh, Izzy Wilbur, 24 points, 12 rebounds. Jenny Easling, 18 points, and so you know, it looks like Jenny Easling might be one of the uh, a component that will uh, you know have a little more than just Izzy Wilbur this year in Red Creek. They need more than just one. Uh, girl, and there's a couple other girls on that team. So this Red Creek team, sectional contenders this year for sure. Mid Lakes in action for the first time since dropping that state final game last year. Uh, just a great season and a great two year run for Nate Rich and the Lady Screaming Eagles. Uh, they played up against a Class A Hilton team and lost 49 to 38 to open their season, and then. Impressive. Speaking of playing against A schools, um, the Waterloo girls beat East High forty-seven to thirty-nine. Macy Carr with twelve points. Jasmine Lewis, I believe she's a freshman now. She played varsity as an eighth grader. She had ten. And then a really interesting matchup between Marcus Whitman girls and the Lions girls at Lions, and Whitman comes out with a fifty-eight to fifty-five win. Uh, this is a really good. Whitman girls team this year, they've been building up towards this team for a couple years now. Ari Beverly 24 points, uh, Maddie Ryan in the middle with 19 points, and so that's a pretty big win for Whitman. Uh, the Whitman girls, you know, stepping out of the league to play a really good Lions team, and then we move ahead to December 3rd. Mid Lakes gets back on the winning track uh, with a 63 40 win over School of the Arts. Uh, Kara Walker, 17 points, 12 rebounds. Her sister, Callie Walker, 10 points and 15 rebounds. And then Lydia Day threw in 15 points. So this is a team that's got a new look. Uh, it's going to take time, I think, for them. I think they'll improve as the year goes on. And, you know, I think their primary goal would be to win the Finger Lakes East this year, which is going to be a, a tough task, but also to you know win another sectional title, which would be a third straight sectional title. Uh, Lena Forbes is moved on, along with uh, Macy Kisner, and I think that the Walker girls, especially Kara, who would be the leader of this team for the next two years, uh, I would imagine that they've set that goal to to capture that third straight sectional title. And I think they can do it. Got to get better as the year goes on and uh, with a new identity, I suppose. Then the Minders girls hosted Aquinas. Aquinas plays a lot of Finger Lakes East teams on their schedule. And this was another, Aquinas opened up a big lead. This Minders girls team, uh, a little short-staffed. I think they only have eight girls on the roster. Hung in there, came back to get to within one possession of Aquinas and ultimately lost 55 to 48 but Mackenzie Higby just a sophomore 24.6 rebounds Sydney Haas just a sophomore 7.7 rebounds and this team is going to start four sophomores um they lost some of their seniors um uh, Caitlin Korzineski was going to come back uh, as a starting senior hurt her knee in lacrosse and then a couple of her friends decided they weren't going to play so now all of a sudden this team is uh, super young Jerry Anderson's Miners girls team is super young uh, but talented and the girls that that are on this team those sophomores man they they work hard and and their basketball is their number one sport Uh, they do the travel they uh, do the open gyms and this group really does work hard and I think that they're going to get better and better as the year goes on and I think that they can compete in b2 for a sectional title b2 girls um, it's right there. We've seen minders do it before where they struggle in the regular season and then come out of there you know with a sectional run. So that could be the case this year, but um, you know, a little lacking in size. Their biggest tallest girl would be a, a freshman that got brought up in uh, in uh, Haley Mosh, who I think she'll get a lot better as the year goes on. I mean, it's a kind of a shock to the system. You know, when you're playing on varsity as a freshman like that, and so you got to get used to the speed and the size and the physicality of it, and I, th- I think she will, and I think that Minders Girls team will improve as the year goes on. Pennian girls, though, uh, might have been slightly overlooked by us here at Finger Lakes. One, with uh, they beat Pittsburgh Sutherland 49-41. to uh, Dundee on the winning track with a 44-35 win over Twin tiers 25 points for Haley Knapp, and uh, 13 points, 11 rebounds from Mackenzie Kratzley. December 4th had Red Jacket defeating uh, HAC 58-32 behind 18 points from Sidney Close and 14 from Ashley Reed. Uh, the Whitman girls get a league win over Romulus, 49-38. Ari Beverly with 16 points and 12 rebounds. Maddie Ryan with 15. Kiara Woody with 16 from Romulus. I like this group of Romulus girls. I think they're going to have a good year. Um, and of course, I, I like Brian Parzak's uh, Whitman team as well uh, this year. Uh, Bloomfield with a 59 to 21 win over Campbell Savona, and then the Waterloo girls all over Avon, 68 to 36. Giovanna White Principio, 19 points. Jillian Panic, 11. Jillian Panic, out of our since eighth grader. She's a senior now. Um, Tabitha Winter, 10 points, um, and Giovanna White Principio that I mentioned. Uh, bringing a lot of size to the middle of that Waterloo team. Uh, I think she was just a ninth grader last year. Now she's a sophomore. I mean, Coach Mike Bree has a lot of talent really deep into their JV program for the girls. It's a testament to, um, you know, what he's done, you know, from the rec leagues on up, Uh, not only him but his whole team. And, you know, anytime we see successful high school teams, there's a whole group of volunteer coaches and parents who kind of make it happen. Um, and that's what they got going on in Waterloo. The Waterloo girls program is super strong right now, and they're, they're showing it right out the gate with, with a couple of nice wins. Red Creek-Gananda, big Wayne County girls rivalry. Gananda was the big-time losses uh, to graduation this year, um, and Red Creek wins 40-29. to 29. At Gananda, Izzy Wilbur comes out with a triple-double, 26 points, 10 rebounds, 10 steals. Red Jacket squared off against Midlakes. Pretty interesting game there. Um, but Mid Lakes was able to come out with a win, 42-34. 16 points, 15 rebounds from Carol Walker. And JC Landon, 13 points. And then you had new, the Newark girls open up their season against Women Prep. And they come out with a 60-point win, the final, 65-5. to five. South Seneca girls, after uh, really challenging themselves, bringing in bigger schools for their tournament in um, Weedsport, Penyan, and Minders, uh, they they go on the road to get their first win of the year against HAC, 40-29. to And then Penyan and Whitman squared off. Big test for Whitman, but uh, really nice win for Penyan, 51-34. to Sierra Harrison, 20 points in that one. Gananda took care of East Rochester. So this is, you know, I would have thought, East Rochester girls would have won this game at home against Gananda, Gananda team that just lost to Red Creek. But it was Gananda with a 42-39 win. And then Red Creek hosted SOTUS. big win there, 66-22. Another big game for Izzy Wilbur with 23 points, and Jenny Easling with 16. Palmac goes on the road against that Aquinas team that beat Minders. Remember, Palmac beat Minders, and Aquinas wins 57-47. to So... You know, I gotta say the finger lakes east on both sides, boys and girls might be just a little down this year, but I we'll have to see what happens in the next few weeks. Um, Bath Haverling beat Newark forty one to thirty six, and then Waterloo continues just to dominate. Hornell on the road. The Indians win 67 to 40. Allie Smith with 16 points. White Principio with 14. Jasmine Lewis with 12. And a great start to the season for Minders. So we're going to step aside for just 60 seconds here. And we come back. We got more. We're going to talk about um, sectional classification. So keep it right here. And welcome back inside the Finger Lakes 1.com studio. It's the Upstate Hoops podcast, and sorry for the audio issues we're having here. I guess that's what happens sometimes when you do a 9 a.m. Sunday podcast. I had a rough night last night. I don't know if I ate something, but I was uh, ill. I was throwing up. Um, Went to a friend's house for a little party, and uh, I don't know. Something didn't agree with me. I had a really rough night, but I did get in here. I'm dedicated to uh, covering Wayne Finger Lakes High School basketball for you guys. You know that, though, by now. But uh, I do feel better. I do feel better. But um, rough start getting up this morning and then kind of rushing to get things together. And we'll have to figure out the, pro- the issues that we're having with our some of our audio here on the podcast. So, you know, we, what do we got still to do here? We're, we got about 20 minutes left. We got to give power rankings. We're going to look at sectional classifications uh, for the upcoming season. Um, But I also wanted to just give some notes on our uh, coverage this year. You know, one thing that myself and our whole team, everybody that's involved in in our coverage of high school basketball here in Finger Lakes One have all agreed that, you know, we want to focus every year on the best teams. There's nothing, early on we would try to get as many teams as we could. And that resulted in a lot of lopsided matchups or empty gyms. You know, the the worst part about going out, setting up all our equipment, and doing a game is when the gyms are just, you know, 20% full and just dead quiet. Because sometimes it doesn't matter how good the game is, if that atmosphere is lacking, um, it's just not that exciting of a watch. You know, to be honest with you. So we're going to be focusing. Um, going forward as much as we can on the teams that we think are sectional contenders. And we're going to go to the places that are the most exciting. Um, It makes for better TV, right? So as we do our schedule going forward, we're only scheduling one or two weeks out at a time here so we can pick out those games that uh, should have that type of atmosphere and should have the matchups between the best teams and the sectional contending teams. Um, Not interested in 20% gyms full gyms just not really um and then another note i want to say is you know our sponsors you know we've been growing in viewership over the years and last year was our biggest year by far um it it grows exponentially and even our first webcast um in newark last week has had over 1500 views um but sponsorships are down this year actually we have we generated less sponsorship money to support what we're doing this year than we did the year before and it's tough we don't we our goal is basically to break even you know we don't want to lose money doing this that's for sure and we're kind of set up to do that this year so we're asking for your help as a fan you know if you enjoy what we do and you enjoy um, live high school basketball in the comfort of your home throughout the winter you can support us by becoming a uh patron on patreon.com it's patreon.com slash fl1 p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash fl1 go there maybe you pledge five dollars a month maybe you pledge ten dollars a month maybe you pledge twenty dollars a month or it's, it's up to you um you and then every time that your credit card is uh, is hit for that donation per month, you'll get a notification, and then after high school basketball season's over, if you want to pull that back, that's great. If you want to continue on supporting everything we do at Finger Lakes One and uh, be bring you, you know, important local news, um, breaking local news, weather, and of course our local sports coverage, which you know I think all that stuff I just mentioned is second to none across the Finger Lakes in terms of local media. Uh, so, you know, it's all free for everybody, but if you can spare a few bucks to help us out, it w- it really would help us out. So patreon.com slash one I'd really appreciate it. Um, and, I, I, and it will allow us to, to do more, you know, even just this year we purchased, a you know, a new camera to add to our, our set and we're a uh, couple new tripods. I mean, we're always upgrading our equipment. We're trying to, um, uh, bring you the best coverage that we can and always trying to improve and do more and the only thing that's holding us back really from from doing twice or three times as much as we do now is is the the money and while sponsorships are down i certainly do really appreciate the sponsors that we have especially some of these longtime sponsors generations bank dr rod littlejohn um you know they've been there since the absolute beginning for eight years now. They've supported us, our coverage of local high school athletes, and uh, so really appreciate that. And hope that you, as a f- fan, appreciate that too and support those businesses along with uh, Bill Cram Chevrolet. And um, this year, one new a new sponsor that we do have this year uh, would be DeSanto Propane. And so, you know, if you do use propane to power your home and heat your home uh, give them a shot Um, take a look at desantopropane.com i know they got a great deal right now if you were to switch uh, to desanto so you can check that out at their at their website at desantopropane.com and then of course all the other great sponsors that we have that are back this year Um, we really appreciate their support Uh, but as i mentioned we can do more and so now we're appealing to the fan to you the parents fans um, family of players uh, who we spotlight on fingerlakes1.com, and you can just make a small monthly donation, uh, to, to us, and we will apply all that to our coverage of local news, weather, and sports. So it's Patreon, patreon.com/fl1. So, well, I said we're going to talk about classifications, but quickly, here as we're running out of time, I, I want to make sure we get our power rankings in and we're going to start with the girls new power rankings new number one this week it's the Waterloo Indians I think that they're the best team by far in the Wayne Finger Lakes I think that they they they, they may not lose a game this year and they're our new number one they might be there all year I'm really impressed with Mike Bree and his lady Indians and Pal Mack Drops to two from the one spot. Midlakes, three. Marcus Whitman, girls, four, despite a loss this week. Um, To Penyan, who's down there at seven, so maybe the pollsters here may have uh, overlooked a little bit there, but some good wins for Whitman as well this week. Uh, Red Creek Rams at five. Of course, they beat their rivals, Gananda, this week. Uh... Newark girls at six. Haven't seen too much of them yet. We'll get some more looks at them over the next week or two. Uh, Penyan, seven. The Lions, Lady Lions at eight. Um, East Rochester Bomber girls look strong. They would have been higher if it wasn't for um, that loss I just told you about previously before the break to Gananda, three-point loss to Gananda. And then the Minders girls... Are holding on at ten. I really think that Minder's team is going to improve as years go, as the year goes on. Um, such a young team, but uh, great girls and and uh, really showed a lot of heart coming back from big deficits in their previous two games. So that leads us to the boys. Let's take a look at the boys' power rankings. And, yes, there is a new number one. It's Newark. We kind of knew that was going to be the case when they beat Waterloo on Thursday night, but then Newark came back and lost to Victor. Now, I can't really fault them for that loss against a strong double-A Victor team. Um, It was at home, but for now, the Reds are our new number one. Now, Geneva, number two, Lions number three. So the good thing about Geneva, Newark, and even Whitman this year. Whitman's going to play Geneva on December 26th. We hope to be there for that one. Whitman's going to – has already played Minders. They're going to play a lot of Finger Lakes East teams and a lot of crossovers. They're going to play Lions this year twice. But um, all this is going to shake out. Those These top four teams are all going to play each other. Lions isn't going to play Newark, of course, and Whitman's not going to play Newark either. But I would love to see Lions play Newark, you know that. But for now, it's Newark one, Geneva moving up from four to two this week, Lions three, uh, Greg O'Connor's Whitman Wildcats four, Waterloo drops to five. They could have dropped further than that with that loss to Canadaigua well, for sure. But um, s- still believe that they've got a pretty solid group there, deep. I know that some of the youngsters didn't have the best game that they had hoped, would have hoped to have um, in that opener at Newark. Uh, Devin Felbert, for one, uh, going to be a great player, uh, didn't have his best game. He'll get better, and uh, Joel Kraft, I think, didn't have his best game. He needs to get better. He needs to he needs to provide rebound. And if there's one thing that was glaringly obvious in that loss in Newark was that Waterloo is going to struggle on the boards unless they um, make some changes. And I think that Joel Kraft is the is one guy that can provide mo- much of that rebounding. And you know they're not that big, really talented and deep. Mike Hubbard's another guy that could grab more. He he hit uh, four threes in that loss to Newark. Um, he's another guy that could provide some rebounding for the Indians. And speaking of the Indians, the Red Jacket Indians at 6, this boys team. Um, I'm really excited to get a look at them this year. They're they're pretty solid. They're going to r- probably run through the West uh, with a lot of wins. But, again, much like the Whitman Wildcats, their eye is uh, on returning to the Blue Cross Arena in A sectional title opportunity in red jacket um Wayne Eagles at seven so far so good with the win this week uh can't wait to get accustomed to that roster and and see what coach Bill Thompson has as they start to move into league play coming up here um the Minders boys with that one loss to Whitman that was a bad loss I tell you 34 points scored on the road and Minders is at eight Gananda Blue Panthers at nine with Andrew Gabbert and company. And then the Clyde Savannah. Welcome back, Clyde. I think that this Clyde team is better than we thought they were going to be. Jaden McKinney, um, D'Amato, and Cam Chance, who, you know, I I said last podcast that Justin Tootie Smith in Lions was the best athlete in Wayne County. I still think that's true. Cam Chance is not too far behind, and, you know, I'm talking athleticism there. These are two really, really athletic kids. Um, Cam might be more important to his team, though, than Tootie is to Lions, but both, uh, you know, I, I, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing Lions and Clyde face off this year. Um, it's normally the highlight of our schedule last year, we kind of ignored it because it was so one-sided, but I think that that gap is closing this year. I think Coach Preston and, and Clyde Savannah could uh, surprise if they keep it together, keep working hard, and I, I'm looking forward to Clyde Lyons this year for sure, no doubt about that. So, and one last thing too, this Minders boys team – um, what do they got to do to get better and have a good season? They're they're young. You know, you lose Darren Miller, you're not going to replace Darren Miller. So some of the upperclassmen um, on this Minders team, basketball's not their first sport. So Griffin Heron's a good point. The point guard, he's an um, all-league soccer player um, and looking to play soccer in college. So, But played basketball his whole life. Uh, he's... As point guard of that minders team, he doesn't have to be the star of the team. He needs to distribute to some of these other kids. He needs to be a leader. The team needs leadership from their seniors, not necessarily production. They need leadership on the court and off the court. Um, we've talked about Jared King on this podcast before and you know what he can bring to the table. But the team is going to win or lose with the progression of their younger players, specifically troy cabot and michael bogart now can michael bogart be as dominant a big man as darren miller was by the time he graduated sure i think he absolutely can i think he's kind of on that path Um, but until that happens um, until he gets more into that darren miller type of class this minders team might struggle and troy cabot is going to provide a lot of scoring but You know these kids are just sophomores. They need—they're—they're going to continue to get better. I think Minder's best years um, are ahead of them in the next couple years. I think you'll see a lot of improvement. But the question is, how much can they win this year? Because that's another team that's playing um, in a tough Finger Lakes East League—a team that Minder's traditionally competes just fine in. Um, but then they get out of the league and they're going to be in B2 sectionals, so the competition level drops just a little bit as Minders being one of the smaller Finger Lakes East teams, when they get into sectionals, always a chance to make a sectional run. So with this Minders team, I'm just looking for to see improvement uh, from week to week and match maturation. Um, no problem with the coach in there with with Coach Prane, uh, so just looking to see improvement. So, quickly here, classifications for 2019 and 20. Um, weighing all alone in A2, it's really tough. They won two of three sectional championships uh, in the past three years in that tough A2. Um, this year it'd be really tough, too. You're talking, you know, East High, Pittsburgh, Sutherland, Monroe, Northeast Douglas, Wilson, and North Star Christian also A2 again this year, even though they uh, North Star down a little bit with the loss of the Brown brothers. Uh, B-1, though, that's the one, that's the classification that we really love because it's just like Finger Lakes East uh, postseason tournament almost. You know, Geneva, Newark, Waterloo, Mid Midlakes, and then North Rose Wolcott out of the Wayne County to go along with Hornell, Greece Odyssey, Greece Olympia, Livonia, Batavia, but, you know, Looking at potential sectional semifinals or final matchups between Geneva, Newark, and Waterloo, that's really exciting. I mean, it's a long way down the road, but uh, when it's all said and done in the Finger Lakes East regular season, we might see Finger Lakes East, um, you know, second edition in the postseason. And we've seen it before with Newark and Pelmac in the Blue Cross and Minders in Newark in the Blue Cross. So, you know, I can't wait. Got to love B1. For sure. And then down in B2, as I mentioned just now, Minders, but also Penyan in B2. And they're going to have teams like Bath, Haverling, Avon, Waco, Leroy, Dansville, Wellsville, and uh, Rochester Prep and World of Inquiry round out the B2 classification. Um, And then in C1, this is another one that's pretty exciting for us Wayne Finger Lakes fans. It's like a Finger Lakes-West Wayne County mix. Uh, with Marcus Whitman and Red Jacket. So they might not compete for the league title this year in the Finger Lakes West, but they might compete for a sectional title in C1. Uh, Whitman and Red Jacket, then Gananda, East Rochester, Sotis, and Williamson as well in there, Um, along with C.G. Finney, which I mentioned Marcus Robinson earlier, the eighth grader, now ninth grader for C.G. Finney. He scored 56 points this week in a game, 56 points, ninth grader. Class C2. Wow, Lions and Clyde, same sectional classification. Then you throw Bloomfield in there as well. And then you go down, and Lions is a favorite. You know, Geneseo is usually pretty strong. Uh, Perry's in this division, Warsaw, Alexander, Letchworth. But Lions' favorite again to win another sectional title. I think it would be the 20th, maybe 19th or 20th for their school. Uh, C3, South Seneca, Naples, Dundee, HAC, and Marion. Um, you know, Dundee might be one of the sleepers in that uh, C3. Maybe even Naples, too. Um, you know, they'll have to contend with York and Lindenville and Wheatland-Chili. And then down in D1, you have Honeyoy, and in D2, you have Romulus. Now, moving to the girls' side, uh, Class A, you have Wayne all alone, and then you get down to B1, and you got Waterloo, Newark, Pelmac, and Middle Lakes. And uh, again, you know Waterloo, Palmac, Midlakes potentially meeting up in the postseason. Real exciting. I want to see these teams all improve through the, as the year goes on. And those could be some really huge sectional uh, matchups uh, come February and March. B2, Penyan, Minders, Northrose, Wilkett and Williamson. And then C1, East Rochester, Whitman, Red Jacket, Bloomfield, Ganon, and Soda. C2, Red Creek, Clyde, Savannah, Lions, Dundee Girls and Mackenzie Cratsley and company and then HAC and South Seneca. Now, this is South Seneca's domain, this C2 classification. But this year, a little more wide open. South Seneca certainly can win another sectional title. Um, they have the talent. They're not as strong headed into the season as they have been in the past few years coming off the state Final Four runs. But uh, this C2 girls classification is really interesting with Lions and Red Creek and South Seneca and Dundee. Clyde Savannah and HAC, and then D2 girls, Romulus. Don't be surprised to see this Romulus team uh, pull it together, improve throughout the year, and make a run at a sectional title. So, you know, heading into the year, we always think um, that everything's going to be down because all these great players, we lose, we graduate. Kevin Korzeneski in our broadcast on Wednesday pointed out all the great players that left the Finger Lakes East alone that are playing and contributing as freshmen in college this year. You know, whether it be Darren Miller down in Alfred State, um, Derek Saluka from Waterloo, um, trying to think of some guys off the top of my head here from some of these teams, Um, Reed Patchett from Geneva, playing in in uh, college i think up at esf and uh you know, the Newark kids uh that graduated so it's um it happens every year where we kind of feel going into the year oh this isn't going to be quite as good as last year but guess what it always ends up being the we programs reload new kids c- kids um, make a little name for themselves and uh, everybody starts the new season on a fresh slate and we're going to move towards the postseason all winter long and by the time we get there I guarantee you that we're going to have some legitimate sectional contenders and I think there's a couple teams in here that could even go beyond sectionals but I don't have time to get into that this morning glad you could be with me for another edition of the Upstate Hoops podcast here on a Sunday morning. Connect with us on Twitter at Finger Lakes One. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Our audio-only podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher.com and Spotify.com. Check us out on Spotify. Archived episodes are available at Fingerlakes1.tv and this podcast airs weekly on Sunday night on Finger Lakes Cable TV Spectrum Channel 1304. 1,304. You can also find our show live streaming games and local news, weather and sports 24-7 on the free FingerLakes1.com, Android, or iPhone app. We'd love if if you'd support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash FL1. No pod next week. It's wonderful run weekend in Seneca Falls. We'll be back in two weeks here on the Upstate Hoops podcast. Thanks for joining us.